What's up, YouTube family? Welcome to the Link Up Church online experience. We're so glad you've chosen to tune in. Before we jump into today's video, we wanna remind you that this channel isn't just for adults. We have content for babies in the Little Linkland section, kids in the Linked Up Kids section, and relevant services for your teenagers from the plug. So grab the whole family because we're about to get started. Be sure to subscribe to this channel so you never miss a video from us. And don't forget to share this video with someone who needs to hear an encouraging message. Let's jump in. Part two of Life, Love, and Logic. You know that relationships are very near and dear to my wife and I's heart. This is how Linked Up Church started. The two of us asking each other, what do we value? What's our core values? We concluded that we love God, we love people, we love connecting people to God, we love connecting people to each other. Connecting is the word that we kind of landed on, right? And that's how this church ended up becoming Linked Up Church. The mission of Linked Up Church is to connect people to God, to family, purpose, and community. Of course, we're not going to teach those in that order, but that's what we will cover. The foundation text is Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. says, if you're serious about living this new resurrection life with Christ, act like it. Pursue the things over which Christ presides. Don't shuffle along, eyes to the ground, absorbed with the things right in front of you. Look up, that's the get connected or stay connected piece. And be alert to what's going, around, uh, going on around Christ. That's where the action is. See things from his perspective. And that's our goal is to help the people we're called to serve see life from his perspective. Letter B in the introduction, what might one conclude as being the foundation of Linked Up Church? Obviously, relationships. And we defined that. We won't go back and read that again. We defined it according to Webster's Dictionary. Letter C in the introduction, how does the mission of Linked Up Church correlate to your relationships? Relationships are a blessing from God. I think I heard a faint amen back in the balcony over there. But really, relationships are a blessing from God. And ultimately, whenever we're in a healthy relationship, it's because first, we probably have a healthy relationship with God. So when that relationship with God is healthy, it helps define and it helps all the other relationships in our lives become successful as well. Let's read our foundation text, Colossians chapter 3, 16 and 17. It says, let the message about Christ and all of its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom that he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Last week, we talked about number one, which was God. Uh, my wife shared that information. I talked about family. And today, we'll pick up with purpose. Number three, purpose. Uh, in honor of Black History Month, let me read a quote to you from Booker T. Washington. He says, I have learned that success is to be measured not so much by the position that one has reached in life as by the obstacles as much by the obstacles which he has had to overcome while trying to succeed. Wow. All too often, we define purpose as that one thing that we're supposed to do, but our life is filled with multiple purposes. Right. 
is us being who we are in the process of accomplishing and walking in those purposes. Paul has said it over and over, I purpose to get to Asia. I purpose to get to you. I purpose to make known the gospel. I purpose to live life as an example. He had a multitude of purposes. But the bottom line is, as God has defined, gifted, and called him, he had to be Paul in the process of his purposes because that was the vessel that he was going to use to reach the Gentiles. So, number three, purpose. His design, our praise. His design, our praise. Colossians 3.16c, the third part of it says, sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. Knowing and understanding that in life, being a Christian does not bubble you from the issues and the promises of life. I mean, the issues and the problems of life. Can anybody say amen to that? Amen. We are dealing with one right now. Dealing with that pandemic. How many people have truly enjoyed this season? <laughs> nobody, right? But nobody worldwide has been global. The world hasn't seen anything like this in over 100 years. So, he doesn't encapsulate us from it, but he says, but even through it, we can still be thankful because our trust is in who? Yeah. Is in God. So, purpose, how is that defined? It's defined as the, see, the, as the reason for something for which something or someone is done or created or for which there is existence. There is a, a person's sense of resolve or determination. When you purpose to be a doctor, in that process, you know you have to go to school. You have to get good grades. You have to uh, take the, uh, the M is it the MCAT? Yeah, the MCAT. Then you have to, so you have to purpose to pass the MCAT. And then you have to purpose to apply for school. Then you have to purpose to do well in, in med school. And after you do well in med school, you have to purpose to get that internship, purpose to get that fellowship, purpose to get whatever it is um, it, that you have to do, and then purpose to pass those boards. There's a whole bunch of purposes in the journey. Mm -hmm. But what happens when you become a doctor? Does the purpose stop? No. It's up to you now to define what do I care about? Okay. What do, how am I wired? Am I wired to be a surgeon? Am I wired for the brain? Am I curious about the heart? Do I love seeing life coming into the earth? Whatever the case may be, am I curious about epidemiology? Whatever the case may be, and, you, and in that, in who you are, whatever you do, your purpose is going to show up. Let me read to you. You know, so, so and, and it's in that, in who you are, that you live a life of praise. That you are living a life praising him. Psalms 150 says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Hallelujah. Everybody stand up. Stand up. If you're at home, stand up. Let's shake it off. I know we started a little solemn this morning, but just shake it off. Let's just shake, shake, wiggle your shoulders. Just wiggle your shoulders. Wiggle your hips. Wiggle your hips. Get the blood circulating. Amen. Now, I'm going to say it again. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 You can be seated. The category or the topic of purpose is all about you. All about self. Say I got to know me. I have to know me. I got to love me. I got to love me. And God defines. And God defines. How I love me. How I love me. Because if you get to define how you love you, 
In fact, Scripture talks about how the fall of the end times is going to be full of people who are lovers of themselves, selfish, self-centered, moody, twisted, evil. So if it's up to you to define how you love you, you're going to do whatever pleases you. Right? But when you allow your creator to define you and tell you how to love you, you prosper. You're free. That's right. Isaiah chapter 45, verse 9, in the, in the New Living Translation, it says, What sorrow awaits those who argue with their creator? Does a clay pot argue with its maker? Does a clay dispute with the one who shapes it by saying, Stop, you're doing it wrong. Does a pot exclaim, How clumsy can you be to its creator? So then, Romans chapter 12, and which is, this is why I encourage everyone, even if you are already a member, take class, next steps class number three. Amen. Take it. Amen. In fact, it might behoove you to take it once every three to five years because we evolve, we change, right. we grow, right? But it, it, inside, I love that class because it allows you to take assessments that help you understand how you're wired, your motivational gifts, your spiritual gifts. And once you have that, some, some of that clarity, you start saying, oh, okay, okay, so that's why, that's why. See, what happens oftentimes, we allow the experiences of our past to redefine us. Then walls go up. And then those walls go up and they alter our Existence, they offer our alter our personality, they will alter our behavior because we're now all about protecting us and presenting who we want to be instead of being free in who we are. Romans chapter 12, verses 3, and then I'll drop down from 6 to 8 in the New Living Translation. It says, Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves. Measure yourselves by the faith God has given us. In verse 6, in his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it's giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. If you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Do it gladly. So he goes through what, uh, what many, uh, even now psychologists are assessing, wait, there's some truth there. Mm -hmm. There's eight avenues by which people are systematically wired, and it just shows up wherever they are. That's right. I, wasn't, I can't tell you that I was called to pastor. What I was called to do is teach and serve. I love it. I love, I love people. I love teaching and serving. And guess what? It showed up wherever I worked. It showed up as a lifeguard. It showed up as a, as a cashier at, at, a, at a retail store. It showed up as an office manager in an x-ray department. It showed up as a manager in a, in a physical therapy department. It showed up everywhere that I was. So the issue wasn't the occupation. The issue was me being free of who I am so that that shined and I was successful in it. 
you will never be good being somebody or something else. That's right. That's right. So, A, the most commonly unanswered question is who am I? Sometimes when I sit in, in, in conversations with so many different people, I ask them, who am I? Especially, who are you? And especially with men, especially with men, when you ask a guy, who are you? He automatically goes to what he does. He automatically goes to his occupation. If he doesn't do that, then he goes to his net worth. And guess what? That all burns when you're dead. At a home going, I haven't seen yet people get up and talk about how good of a CEO he was over our company. He helped us profit $6.4 million in a, in a year, and it just grew from there. I've never seen anybody sit up at a home going and talk about that about an individual. But they talk about the essence of their character, their contributions to those around them, and the impact of their, uh, that they made in their environments. So, James chapter 123 and through 25, I'll read from the Passion Translation. It says, if you listen to the word and don't live out the message you hear, you become like the person who looks in the mirror of the word to discover the reflection of his face in the beginning. You perceive how God sees you in the mirror of the word. But then you go out and forget your divine origin. But those who set their gaze deeply into the perfecting law of liberty are fascinated by and respond to the truth they hear and are strengthened by it. They experience God's blessing in all they do. Now, I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm turning 52 in a few weeks. Praise the Lord. And, I, I, you know, I remember when I turned 40, which I can't believe was that long ago. Wow. You Ooh, look praise better the... at 52 than you did at 40, girl. He said, <laughs> Audrey and him, they just love me. Amen. But, but I remember when I turned 40, and I was like, you know, I don't even care no more. How many of you are over 40? And you got to this place where, you know what? I'm going to be true to who I am. I can't win pleasing nobody. I can't win being what they need for me to be. I can't. You get to this place in life where, you know what? I need to be free in who I am. Not in who I am as I define myself, but in who I am and who God defined me. And so if I want to cry when I get up and minister, guess what? I'm free to cry. <laughs> and I cannot allow the trauma of my past to define how I deal with people in my present. I can't because then I make them a part of my trauma, yeah. my issues, yeah. and they had nothing to do with that. Yeah. You know, one of my, I remember when I was early, early became a Christian, I, the love and love and, and, and God is love, and I was like, okay, but you know, mind you, a lot of times when I would hear people talk that Christians, the church, but people in the church, and then I would go out in the street, and uh, yeah, yeah, but the hood, the hood will do this to you, and the hood will do this, and but your girls will do this, and everybody has some type of obstacle that they would blame some group of people that they were associated with as a common type of behavior. No one understand that Jesus said he came down here so that he could have the full experience of mankind. Ain't nothing different. It's just a different, it's not the, the new devil. Same devil, just different group of people. Right. right? 
And so when I'm being true to who I am, I am so free. That's so good. Yeah. Guess what? I'm even free if you don't like me. Because if you don't, I'd rather you not like me best based off of the reality of who I am. Based off of, the, instead of the fakeness of who I try to be. That's good. That's good. Because when you try to be something for other people, well, let me try this. And then let me try this. And sometimes people just reject you because, and we're living in an age now, these young folks, the, the younger generation, they've seen it so much. And they're not as exactly cognizant and aware of it. But they see the polarism of behavior in some of the older generations, how we adjusted so that we could stay on the job 30 years. And so you got a younger generation, millennial generation Z, where they're like, I don't need to stay in no same job, same job for 30 years. You crazy? <laughs> now, I'm not saying that that's good or bad. But what I am saying that if you're true to who you are and you still want to develop, then that's a good thing as long as you allow God to be the definer of that. You know, a lot of times I believe people recognize what's fake because after a while they see the adaptation in so many different circles. And we have to be careful. We'll talk about this with our children even. Our children know you. They, your children know you. They know how you act in the morning. They, they see what you're doing on the drive to church or when you're getting up making breakfast, fussing, cussing, hollering. And then, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus. <laughs> so James is saying here, listen, take the word. I'm not asking you to be perfect, but take the word and make strides to be a doer of the word. Not a part-time doer, not a sometimes doer, not a Sunday doer, but a constant doer. Yeah. Adopt it and make it, let it permeate in who you are so that it then defines you. A lot of times our, you know, when we get to this place where our children, you know, after about 9, 10, 12 years old, they don't want to listen to us no more. And a lot of it has to do with their peers now, them wanting to mend in jail with their peers. But a lot of it has, some of it, some of it has to do with the inconsistency of the message lived versus the message talked about in the house. We'll talk about that more. Who you are is not summarized as a goal, but who you are is the, defines, but who you are defines a series of goals decisions and accomplishments along the way. Who you are defines the goals, the accomplishments, and the decisions that you make along the way. Although experiences contribute to who, they, who we are, they don't have to define who we are. Some of you have had, some of us have had traumatic, earth-shattering experiences in our lives, in our lives abuse, abandonment, addictions, whatever the case may be. Some of us just didn't matter in our families or was, was uh, you know, just had crime committed against us. But that's just, that, but it, when you let God in there, he'll spiritually, surgically remove and deal with the pain and allow the pain now to feed into your purpose so that you can make an impact to the people that you encounter. 
It doesn't have to define you. That's right, that's right. That ugly divorce doesn't have to now make you the person who says, I'm never going to trust anybody again. Amen. Amen. B, how have you defined yourselves versus the reality of how God may have defined you? A lot of times, especially now that we're in this communication culture, this era of mass communication and socialization, it's easy for us to compare ourselves among ourselves. Just go on social media and pay attention to the ones that you pause at and look at, that you zoom out. Pay attention to the ones, because are you sitting there comparing like, okay, okay, we even now, we don't, we, we, we don't look at just TV to see what kind of hairstyle we want. We could, we, we, and often, if, if <laughs> I'm going to say this, I'm going to say it loosely. Should I say this? <laughs> if, if we like something, oftentimes it's not going to be on someone that we don't consider ourselves attract, consider attractive or comparable to ourselves. Oftentimes, when we appeal to a style or something that something like that, it's something that we're aspiring to because we're comparing ourselves to to other people. I remember talking to a hairdresser, and she was frustrated because people would come in, and this, she's a master stylist, right? And she would say, "People come in with this haircut that was on, say, a Halle Berry, and, and want a Halle Berry haircut, but you ain't got Halle Berry hair, head, or shape." <laughs> And they would always complain. They want to leave out of here looking like Halle Berry. And I, I ain't nothing in me going to let you be able to enable you to look like Halle Berry. Amen. Genesis 2.25 says they were both naked and, and the man and his wife and were not ashamed. Who you are is nothing to be ashamed of. That's right. Take it from somebody who knows who you are is nothing to be ashamed of. If you are that woman that had four different babies by four different fathers, you don't have to be ashamed of that. Do what you know you need to do. Keep your, keep your face in front of the mirror of the word, and you can still have vibrant, productive, prosperous children. If you are a man that did time, prison, for whatever type of crime, God can still deliver you and use you today. Right. Mind you, Paul was a persecutor of the church. He was guilty of killing many of the very same Christians that he had to go back and solicit help from to win the other Gentiles. But yet God used him and all of his historical crimes to pen two-thirds of the New Testament. Understand this, there's a difference, we're going to talk more about this between, there's a difference between being self-conscious and God-conscious. If you're a man that cries, welcome to the club, boo. One of the most popular preachers on television today, I promise you, cries just about every Sunday, he's in my club. <laughs> Amen. Largest church in America. He cries just about every Sunday. Amen. He ain't ashamed of it. It's all right. You got to remember, 
And whenever you want to step outside of who you believe, who you, who God created you to be, you got to ask yourself, who purchased your freedom versus who's provoking your shame? Who purchased your freedom versus who provoked your shame? That's all. I'm just going to stop there. With nine minutes left on the clock. Now, you all notice how I didn't interrupt her one time? Did you all notice that? See, that's life, love, and logic. You all notice how I didn't interrupt her one time? I'm just watching that clock just zip away. Didn't interrupt her one time, did I? Now, watch this. Now, it's my turn. See, you he done, see, you done see, already see. put up the warning. See that? See that? So what I loved about that purpose piece, men, especially I'm, I'm speaking in particular to unmarried men, find out who you are before you try to get in a committed relationship. Mm -hmm. It's so important. You're never going to be fulfilled and happy until you figure out your purpose. And when you don't know your purpose, a lot of times you compound it by bringing somebody else into it and then end up blaming other people when you don't reach it. I need a little better amen in here. So it's so important to figure you out because if you can't figure you out, it will be very difficult to figure her out. Mm. And then if you add kids to that, fight it, fight it, fight it, fight it, fight it. Then if you add kids to that, yeah, thank you. Then if you add kids to that, how I many of you compound it even more? Now you've got a man that doesn't know who he is, so he hadn't figured himself out. He sure can't figure her out, and now you've added kids to the puzzle. So important to figure your purpose out. Number four, let's talk about community. And I'll go through this real fast with the seven minutes that she left me on the clock. Let's talk about community. His assignment, our calling. Colossians chapter 3, verse 17, the New Living Translation reads this way. Whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. I want to emphasize here, whatever you do or say, notice it didn't just say what you do. It says what you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord. Everything that you do and everything that you say represents more than yourself. If you are a Christian, all right? And so we're going to talk about it. Let's, everybody say grown folks. We're getting ready to talk about some grown folks things, okay? Because a lot of times we don't consider what we're doing or what we're saying and how that impacts others as we represent Christ because people are watching us all day every day on the job in the neighborhood at the gym at church everywhere we go people are paying attention to what we do and even in our homes so it says here whatever you do or whatever you say do it as a representative of the Lord so this includes everyone else that is a part of our regular everyday living our friends, our neighbors, our co-workers, our peers, 
fellow church people, even our barbers, hairdressers, etc. I mean, people will say certain things to you and do certain things to you to see what you're going to do and what you're going to say. And we have to understand this and use wisdom when representing Christ to other people. We cannot pick and choose when we're Christ-like. I mean, I can't get to church and turn it on and then get somewhere else and I'm completely different. So living for Jesus means purposing to be like him at all times, even past our bad choices or mistakes. So I just want to talk about this for a moment. Letter A, our intersected existence has the potential of being impactful and inspiring or destructive and unhealthy. It has this opportunity of being both. Now, I have a dream, folks. I have a vision. It's better described as a vision. The way I've seen church is that linked up church becomes the hub of the entire Powder Springs community. And it has baseball diamonds, track fields, basketball courts. All the kids come to linked up church in this community to develop and grow. It has a school. It has an educational complex. Everything in the city of Powder Springs centers around linked up church. But how you know whether or not they ever want to be a part of it depends on how we act and what we say when we're in their presence. That's right. So let's talk about this a little bit because a lot of times we don't grasp this. There is a community of unbelievers that we have a responsibility to. That are making decisions all the time as to whether or not they want to be a Christian or even attend your church based off of how you live. Mm -hmm. Not just how you live, but also how you talk. So we have to be mindful of that. Let's read a verse that supports that. There is a community of unbelievers. I know when we were unmarried and we were dating, people were always watching us because I publicly said I wouldn't sleep with my wife prior to marriage. So everywhere, people were just watching everything that I did. So much so the young man across the street, I would come home and you see the light go on and go off and, and, the, and the blinds flicker over there. Am, am I right or wrong? And he's watching every move that I make because he wants to see did she stay tonight because I live by myself. Hello, somebody. He wants to see that I wake up in the morning and take her home. Now, I had a responsibility to him because he hadn't made a decision yet about Christ. Now, I could have been selfish and said, I'm growing. I can't live my life worried about what other people think about me. Or I could have understood that I have a responsibility to someone that's in in the valley of decision trying to make a, a real eternal life and death decision here. And so what I endeavored to do was be an example to that young man. To make a long story short, I'm glad to tell you he's saved today, married his wife without sleeping with her prior to marriage. He's pastoring today in ministry full time. (laughs) Folks, we have a responsibility to the unbelievers. Let me read something to you here. 1 Timothy 3, 7. The context here is talking to leaders. It says, if anyone in verse 1 
desires the office of a bishop, which is a Greek word, epikuro, and it simply means leader or leadership. He says he or she desires a good work. So all of us are leaders, right? All of us have influence. Leaders are influencers. And all of us have influence over at least seven to ten people in our lives. So we have to think about those seven to ten people, all of them may or may not be saved. When I gave my life to Christ, my mother was not saved. My brother was not saved. My father was not saved. My cousins were not saved. And they all were watching, thinking I was going through a phase, and I'd snap out of it someday. Anybody ever been there before? And they called me my nickname. And they say, it won't be long before you turn back into my nickname. Look at 1 Timothy 3, 7 says, Passion Translation, he should be respected by those who are unbelievers. Isn't that interesting? Well, how do you gain the respect of an unbeliever? By what you live in front of them mm -hmm. and how you talk in front of them. So he or she must be respected by those who are unbelievers. Watch this. Having a beautiful testimony among them so he will not fall into the traps of Satan and be disgraced. See, what does the unbeliever say about your single life? Mm -hmm. What does the unbeliever say about your dating life? What is the unbeliever saying about your working life that works beside you on the job? What is the unbeliever saying about you at the gym? What is the unbeliever saying about you in the grocery store? It's amazing to me. I come home and I tell her these stories. Guys will work out talk the entire time and weeks and months will go by and we've been talking having all of these exchanges and then all of a sudden they'll say I know who you are I need to make sure you know I know who you are I've been watching you all on Sundays man it's amazing to me and I'm like all this time we've been working out and I'm thinking he didn't know who I was but guess what he was watching to see and then they say little stuff like this what you what do you think about her I, say, I would always say, what do you think about her? Because what I have, she can't really compare to. And it's just always, if you're not on alert, understanding that people are not just watching what you do, they're listening to what you say. Right? Guy yesterday, since he had his shirt on, so I complimented him. His shirt said, no pain, no gain. And it was a picture of Christ. And I was like, yeah, man. Then after the workout was over, he was with a different group of guys. And he said, I'm glad that's over. It's mimosa time. It's time to go out and party. It's time. Now, he was Christ 15 minutes ago. But he was mimosa 15 minutes later because he changed the group of people. He just changed the people he was in front of. Folks, people are watching. How does this relate to Linked Up Church in Powder Springs? This city needs help. And what are we doing about it? Are we just in here singing our songs, praising God, hallelujah, running around a building? Or are we out there involved in the community? Are we serving? Are we helping schools? Man, one of the most beautiful things happened on last week. The principal of a school that we donated resources to, was she the principal? or She's the owner. She's the, the owner of the school, comes up here to the church to present us with a thank you card and a postcard about how this church, you all, blessed those families, and she didn't even know that they had so much need 
in her school. Linked Up Church, that's how we make a difference. That's how we gain a reputation and get a good testimony among those who don't believe. Married couples, unbelievers are watching your marriage. That's right. And they're determining whether or not they want to get married. Get married. Believe it or not, folks, our children sometimes are in the balance and they're making decisions about what you told them versus what they really want to live. And they're watching, the, they're watching the two of us. They're watching you to see if it's real. And how many know your children will test you just to see how you'll respond? See if Christ will come out of your mouth or cussing. How many of y'all let the, the wrong thing fly out a few times? It's okay. I've been it, there. Raise your hand. It's okay. Fight it off, babe. Fight I'm it off. Fight it off. <laughs> How many of y'all have ever done that before? Raise your hand. Right? I personally believe your children will do things just to see your reaction. And they will say stuff to you that they know you are against just to see if you're going to act like Christ or something else. Can I just get some honest people in here today? Come on, any, anybody willing to be honest in here today? My son and I, we had an exchange the other day, and he was apologizing to me, but, but how many know I had to turn around and apologize to him? And he, and he said, I said, son, I receive all of that, but I apologize to you too because I certainly could have responded differently in several of those situations. And that was wrong. And then in one of the areas, I promised him, I'll never respond like that ever again. Amen. It's okay to tell your children you're wrong. Oh, I need a little better amen in here. It's okay to do that. You're unmarried in here, and this relationship has started off on the wrong track, especially males. Be a leader and say, hey, I've been doing this wrong. And I repent. I apologize from that. But from this day forward, I want to do it right. How I many know you'll get more respect for that than just continuing to do it wrong? How I many know marriages aren't perfect? They don't always go the right way. Man, I, I did not write into marriage or raising kids all of the bumps along the way. I thought it was Christ and it was from glory to glory to glory. It's been from glory to trial to glory to trial to glory to trial. Come on, somebody. From glory to trial, from glory to trial. Hello. <clears throat> the community of the believers, and I'm going to close here. Fight it off, babe. We have a responsibility to believers as well. I mean, oh, we have a responsibility to other believers as well. I said, how I many know we have a responsibility to other believers as well? We had a choice to make within, when this pandemic hit. How I many know I would love to be at home too? Pre-recording these services and chilling on Sundays. But we had a choice to make. We either stand up and be an example or we act like the world. We decided to keep doing what God called us to do with wisdom. But watch this. Taking the position that if God can't keep us, we can't be kept. 
Yeah. We have a responsibility. There is a community of believers we have a responsibility to. It's important to us that we continue to live what we minister to you all in our personal life. That's important to us. It's important to us that you all don't one day say, man, they said all that stuff, and then look at what they did. That's important to us, to not disappoint this congregation in that way. Look at what Romans chapter 14, verse 21 says here. Consider it an act of love to refrain from eating meat or drinking wine or doing anything else that would cause a fellow believer to be offended or tempted to be weakened in his faith. See, unmarried people, you can live together, but is it good to live together? No amens, nothing on that right there. See, our job, believe it or not, what we're trying to do is get the single folks to stop sleeping together and get the married folks to sleep together. What's wrong with that picture right there? Right? But even, even all things are lawful, but all things are not expedient. So, so even though you can, doesn't mean you should because other people are watching. Other believers are walk, watching. I mean, it'll cause them to be weakened in the faith, especially if they look up to you. If the choices that you're making, they're not strong enough to uphold those. Okay? I want to read that again. Consider it an act of love. It's an act of love every time I choose to honor my marriage because somebody else is watching. It's an act of love when I don't respond with locker room banter and I say something that honors my family. Anytime she comes into the gym, I actually do this for her, not that she needs it, but it's just making sure she knows how I behave myself when I'm in here. I go introduce her to everybody. Trainers, anyone that I interact with, I go introduce her to them. And I say, this is my wife. And if you all ever see me doing anything around here that's inappropriate, this is who you talk to. I do that, believe it or not, because most of the time I'm in the gym, I'm not with her. And so how many know the gym can be a place where you can get in a lot of trouble? So I want to make sure that when, I'm, when she's not with me, she's comforted in knowing I'm behaving myself appropriately. There are other believers there. There are people that have walked up to us and said, I've been a member of your church now. We've never seen the person or met them. I've been a member of your church, and the person would be on a stair climber right next to me for weeks, wouldn't say a word. <laughs> weeks would go by and say, I've been a member of your church for the last three months. Folks, people are watching. Not just what you do, but also what you say. So if we're going to build this Powder Springs community, I want to challenge all of our unmarried people to do it from his perspective, not yours. Now, for me, I chose not to kiss her prior to marriage. That was a personal choice because I knew if I put the tongue on her, it was over. Anybody here know what I'm talking about? Once you start kissing that way, 
Very few people return from that. James chapter 3 says, the tongue can no man tame. <laughs> it is a deadly evil full of poison. Not that context, but you all know what I'm saying, right? I mean, I chose that because I knew where I was at. You need to know you. And then put the proper boundaries in place on married people that don't tempt you to cross that line. Like, we hear it all the time. I'm not knocking anybody. We live together, but we don't sleep together. How many showers in that house? Because you got to shower. You got to get dressed. You got to get undressed. Hello, somebody. I personally couldn't live under that kind of heat. And how many know the Bible says, don't let your good be evil spoken of? says to stay away from the very appearance of evil. We're just talking about his perspective. I just got to stop right there. Did you all get anything out of this today? Okay. Let me say one more from a community perspective. If we're going to reach this community, married people, marriage has to look attractive to the world. To your children. To your children, to the world, to the church members. Worst thing you could do is answer a question about marriage in a negative way. Even if it's not going well for you in the moment, don't share that with an unbeliever. And believe it or not, don't even share it with another believer if they're not strong enough to help you and lift you up and not tell other people your business. We got a lot of work to do, folks. I want to put it in the atmosphere. We will win this entire city Amen. for Jesus. Amen. Amen. Can so, you all help us do that? So no one understand. As I conclude, I didn't. You see, I didn't say nothing. You fought it off. You did good, babe. I'm proud of you. So as I conclude, we got to know that who we are as a church is a capsulized expression of who we should be as a body of believers. Right. And it can start with one local church, whether it's in Powder Spring or if it's in Timbuktu. If this body, if it's true that we influence 10 people or that we're only eight degrees removed from knowing just about everybody in the earth, you can make an impact. We are believers. Now, understand that we're believers of the supernatural, miracles, signs, wonders, all the gifts of the spirits. We believe that, but those are only supplements to lead, them to lead people to one end. And what is that? Christ. There are only supplements to lead them to one end, but all of them, as Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, mean nothing if love is not present. Mm -hmm. Amen. Matthew 5, 16, in the Passion Translation, I love what it says. It says, so don't hide your light. Let it shine brightly before others so that the commendable things you do shine as, as light upon them, and then they will give their praise to your Father in heaven heaven so listen if you are a believer online you're a Christian you're supposed to let that thing shine like nobody's business not based off of what you say but also with how you behave and how you act mm -hmm. now we're in a season during this we're in a season of just existence where being his agent makes all the difference in the world and it is essential for every encounter you have. 
And this might sound like a pretty heavy load because some of you are like, oh my gosh, that means I got to deal with and put up with. So you, some of you are thinking about somebody you don't like right now. <laughs> you thinking about like, for real? I got to, how, when, how much, when is enough enough? He went all the way to the grave in hell on your behalf. That's right. So you just keeping your tongue still is still enough. Amen? Amen. So in this series, we will talk about aspects of life, its realities, love, its promises, and logic, our thinking versus God's wisdom. Those three categories we'll discuss and we'll cover as we talk about our essential relationships. We'll cover our relationships with our parents. We'll cover our relationships with our spouse or significant others. And believe not, even if your parents are gone, you will understand a lot when we talk about parenting and how things might have wired or miswired you. Our relationship with our spouse or significant others, our relationship with our children, whether they are biological children or our bonus children, our God children or whoever. We have, a, we have a responsibility to our children, our friends and peers, and our fellow believers. Amen? Amen. So we'll speak about that as we um, move forward in the next four sessions of this series. Anybody get anything out of all that? So if you would stand up, I want to pray a prayer over you. Mm-hmm. And this is the same prayer that Paul prayed over the church of Ephesus. So lift up your hands. Just receive this. It says in Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 through 21, Fathers, for this reason that we pray to you, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that you will grant us according to the riches of your glory to be strengthened with might by your spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in our house by hearts by faith and that us we being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth the length the depth the height and to know the love of Christ and to reside in it which passes all knowledge that we might be filled with all the fullness of God so father unto you who is able and desires to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to that power of love that works in us Unto you be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages and world without end. In Jesus' name. And all those that receive that said. Amen. 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 Remain standing as we are now just in an attitude of prayer and examination. Listen, love is essential to who you are. One of the necessities of life is to love and to be loved. That's right. And there's no greater love than the one who died so that you can have a life being free in who you are and who he created you to be. So while everyone is in an attitude of prayer and searching your hearts, whether you're online right now, I I invite you to do the exact same thing. We just celebrated and we honored the legacy and the life of Frederick Casey Price because he set aside all so that he can share God's faith and love with a multitude, millions of people he impacted. But it started with one decision. Because he grew up Jehovah Witness. His family was Jehovah Witness. And it was through the love of his wife, Betty Ruth Price, that won him into considering salvation. Because he said, there has to be a better way. 
and that one decision was receiving Jesus as his personal Lord and Savior. Yeah. So if you do not know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, I'm going to pray with you. Or perhaps you did, and you know you've lived life according to your own plan and design, and you just made, just tore it up. You know that you are living a life that's contrary to the will of God and the word of God. You know that you are that person that abandoned God's image of you in that mirror and you went on to some reckless behavior. God is forever married to you and he did not stop loving you even in your mess. In fact, he loves you more. Minister Diane yesterday was talking about how Jesus was willing to leave the 99 to chase after that one. God is not the God of a second chance. He's the God of another chance and another chance and another chance and another chance and another chance. Amen. He does not give up on you because he says, I know the power of that crucifixion, death, burial, hell, the grave, and the resurrection. So if you are considering, or no, not considering, I just right now celebrate those that will make a decision for Jesus Christ would you put your hand over your heart and let's make let's all make this declaration and say this prayer out loud say Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father I, believe I believe that Jesus, that Jesus is the Son of God, is the Son of he, God. Died for my sins he died for my so sins so that I may live free so that I may live and he, what, who he created me to be and who he created me to be Jesus Jesus, I receive you. I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. As my Lord and my Savior. I believe. I believe that you rose again from that grave. That you rose again from that grave. And you reign right now at the right hand of the Father. And you reign right now at the right hand of the Father. Come into my heart. Come into my heart. I receive you now. I receive you now. Forever. Forever. My life is changed. My life is changed. And I'm committed. And I'm committed to live in your freedom. To live in your freedom. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 If anyone in this room prayed that prayer for the first time, you know you made a decision for Jesus as your Lord and Savior, or you, re you re uh, repented and you recommitted your life, would you please lift your hand up in the air? We have a gift that we want to give to you. We want to make sure that you know and understand the decision that you just made. Is that anyone in this room? Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Is that anyone in this room? Was that somebody that was coming? Oh, that was just somebody that was walking. Okay. Is that anyone in this room that you know in your heart that you made a decision to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior or you recommitted your life back to him? You're like, okay, you know what, God? I'm going to trust you through this. Is that anyone in this room? All right room full of family and faith believers if that's you online you know that you made a decision for Jesus Christ listen seal this with a seal that decision with a proclamation we want to get a gift to you but please please let us minister to you so that you know and understand the decision that you just made never to believe the words of a preacher it has to come from the Word of God and if it can't be found in the Word of God you're under no obligation to believe it so if you would text get connected to the number on the screen. Follow the instructions on the screen and a minister will uh, respond to you, to pray with you, to make sure you understand the decision that you just made and to get that gift that we have especially for you.
Thank you so much for watching our online service. We certainly don't take that for granted. And if you enjoyed today's message and you want to get connected with us, we encourage you to become a part of our online community. That's right. And you can do that by subscribing to our YouTube channel, sharing this video with a friend and following us on social media. Don't forget to meet us right here on this channel every Sunday for our services. If you desire to help us reach more people just like yourself and advance the kingdom of God, then click the Give button now. This will allow us to connect more people to God, their families, their purpose, and their communities. Thank you again for watching our service on today, and we'll, we'll see, see you next week. week.